Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here it is, the last day, the 31st of October, which happens to be Halloween 2023. Ooh, scary. Not really. So I, I understand you had a shopping event. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided that I was going to, I have a, 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 a wedding to go to. And I said, you know what? I need a new pair of shoes. You're getting a lot of weddings uh, recently. Got so many things. Very popular or they just know I could give. I think it's that I give good gifts. That's possibly why. Figure, start the kids off on the right foot. I don't care how much of a trust fund they have. Huh. So we were invited to this wedding. It's up in Orlando. So I decided, you know, I need a new pair of shoes. The problem with my pair of shoes um, that I would like to wear with this particular suit is is it, it it hurts my feet, bottom line. It just, I don't know, something about them is not good. So I went to Dillard's, which has a very fine selection of men's shoes. Would you agree with that? I've only been to Dillard's a few times just to buy discounted wool jackets. Okay, well, they do have a fine selection of men's shoes. And one of the things I knew about going to Dillard's is I wouldn't be bothered by anybody else in the entire store. There was nobody there. So I go uh -huh. there and I look at some shoes and I find these pair of, it was Cole Hans and these, these other something, Spencer something or others, and, um, you know, all the different brands that you could think of. And um, I'm looking at these, and I put these on. I'm like, wow, these are really comfortable. And I'm caught up in the moment. I'm looking at the pricing and all. I'm like, wow, these shoes are $165. These are $130. These are $220. And I'm thinking, all right, I'll buy a couple of pairs, and, and that's all. And, and then it dawned on me, maybe I should do a little comparison shopping here. So I went on to Amazon.com, of course. I found the exact same shoes that were marked at $130 at Dillard's, for $75 on Amazon, exact same shoes, be delivered tomorrow. No wonder these places can't do any business. Wow. Now that's something. Yeah, I'd say it's depressing. Right? It's, it's unbelievable. So I'm going to bring back those. I found another pair I that I paid. I, no, I think these stores, and I, I know they do this at Best Buy. Yes. Dealers should do what they do at Best Buy. You go in there with the price, printout price of the Amazon, and they sell it to you for that price. Yeah, they should because they lost. At least they move inventory. Right. They lost the entirety of the business. I mean, I'll probably keep one pair of shoes unless I can find that one cheaper, but the other two are going back. And the other two that I bought, so there's like five pairs of shoes I bought. I don't go shopping for shoes that often. How so. many shoes? Jeez. I, I don't go that often, so I'm like, okay, I like these. I'm going to get them and just be done with them. And um, so so the thing is that that's five pairs of shoes that I would have possibly bought from Dillard's that is going to come down to one pair. Yeah. You know? Then I went looking at shirts, by the way. These shirts are like $200 a piece. I'm like, well, does it come well, with something? You're a big spender. I, I didn't buy those. I said, I'm not buying those. They were very nice, the Robert Grahams, but you can get those on sale for like 50 bucks. Even then. Still, well. But anyway, let's talk about what's going on in the markets. Uh, end of the earnings season, and we have quite the droop in the market conditions after the er, er, uh, earnings season. As we got to the end, it got worse and worse and worse, and even the good news turned out to be bad news. You know, investors weren't putting up with anything. We have stocks dropping 30 40% the last couple of days. Paycom Tom's software away. today down 30% after hours. We saw Which Sarept, one? Uh, Paycom, P-A-Y-C, down $30. Sarepta Therapeutics hmm. down 47 because one of their um, – th th this is going on for years with Sarepta. They're looking for a cure for – I think it's called Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. And their endpoint was not met today, and that just was a disaster. Uh. We saw Caterpillar out this morning come with uh, nice earnings and a beat – and it looked like things were good, although, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Something happened to the stock once they mentioned something that investors were kind of pissed off about. But we have a big week this week. This week is really gigantic because we got the Treasury that's coming out a couple of different times throughout the week with some numbers on how much they need to issue in terms of bond to pay the deficit and to right the ship in terms of the last quarter of the year. They came out with one number already. 
And that was uh, lighter than expected. Bonds stabilized nicely. In fact, yields came down a little bit. And then all of a sudden, they just kind of just petered out and, like, they didn't care. So the question is, where's the, where's the incremental buyer for these bonds these days? Because they're not there. Hmm. We've got Apple earnings on Thursday afternoon. We have a Fed rate decision tomorrow at 2 o'clock. We have the BLS official employment number on the first uh, Friday of the month, which is on Friday of this week. So big, big week. Now, remember Indeed. We, when we to, remember we talked about, first of all, we always try to clarify and pull out the BS in the markets. All of a sudden, the export bans. Remember a few weeks ago, they were talking about the export bans of certain semiconductors and chips and AI and all that to China and of various parts of the world, other countries. Yeah, very specific uh, chips, mostly from NVIDIA. Yep, and they said, you know, it, NVIDIA said, it's not going to have a material impact on our earnings. Remember that? Yeah. Eh. AMD said the same thing. This one said yeah. the same thing. All of a sudden, now they're all saying, you know, there's going to be uh, a hurt to chip companies and uh, there may be an impact on uh, on our financials. Like, this is the play. The news comes out, spooks the markets. The CEO comes out and denies anything, right? Just, uh, that's not, you, the market is misunderstanding. <laughs> got it wrong. And then it writes it, maybe gives him an opportunity to sell some shares into it. Maybe, I don't know. Who knows? And then we come out with this a few weeks later. Now, uh, we also have a big prediction on oil prices, but the market thinks otherwise. Oil is uh, signaling less of a concern about what's going on in the Middle East right now than what this gigantic prediction of oil is from the World Bank. We're going to talk about that. And EVs all of a sudden yeah. are getting a cold shoulder. We're going to talk about the numbers. I don't even know if you can call them numbers. The the information that was provided by Ford. Oh, my God. You Wait till you hear how much they're losing per EV that they, that they sell. It's an absurd number. I don't know. Maybe they're, they're packing in some other things in there. Like the post office says they're always losing money, but in fact, we know it's that they're obviously funding other parts of the government, right? The post office has to pre-fund their retirement something like 20 years in advance, and it's, and it's like breaking the bank. It's just a ludicrous situation with the post office. And you can't, you can't hire somebody for a civil service job and say, hey, we'll give you a 401k that you fund yourself. No, well, that's <laughs> right. That's true. Th those yeah. those jobs are the prerequisite. Is uh, talk, talk to me about the salary afterwards, but explain to me all the benefits. That that's you well, know they, the, got a, they have a decent retirement. They got medical. Yeah. It's, it's a good you know for for that kind of job. It's My dad job. always said that his father always said to him, "Son, you should go into get a civil service job. It pays well and there's a great retirement benefit." Yeah, so. Uh, market update, Apple News, weird time of day. Did you follow the Apple event last night on Monday? No, I didn't. I missed it. Well, you missed it because it was at 8 p.m. on Monday, which is 5 p.m. your time. Yeah, I, was, I think I was watching a, the World Series. Of course, everybody else was too, or Monday Night Football, or the war. Yeah. You know, people are captivated yeah, I think it by the war. Little Monday Night Football World Series. So it was a good game. Weird time of day on a Monday evening. Yeah. Never before. You know, talk about a sneak in a time that's, you know, people are just not going to. And I think as a matter of fact, was it, was it, was it Monday? There was Monday Night Football. There was a World Series. There was some kind of hockey championship. And there was like four different things going on. And Apple decides through all of this to do an event. We're going to talk yeah. about the. I would say nothing burger of event that they they put on. I don't think it was very well. There's some there's some speculation that they're trying to get into the into the uh, and it came out of New York, I believe. They're trying to get into the uh, entertainment uh, prime time uh, to, for these shows since they overproduce them anyway, and they're kind of like a television show. And but this just shows to me a misjudgment when it comes to you don't put up. 
something like I mean, there's there's are there are Tuesdays available and Wednesdays. <laughs> you don't go up against Monday Night Football and a World Series game if you have any common sense. So they obviously have no common sense unless which, you have a which bloated, is very disturbing a bloated ego vision of yourself. I think it's a disturbing. Uh, decision. Yeah, I think it's bad. It's a bad sign for the company, especially because it wasn't anything really dramatic announced. As a matter of fact, I would say it was it was a bit of a dud. And I'll give you the punchline here: the, they announced new chips that are faster, greater, better, blah 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 blah, less power hungry. You know, it's going to be game changing. Uh, didn't upgrade the Max at all, really. Otherwise, except for some color casing and up the price. Now, by the way. Far be it from me to come up with the, hmm, what's really going on here discussion, okay? However, they got earnings in three days. And you would think they were going to try to put something out there, something out there, because they realize that their max sales have been absolutely horrible. And as such, what they're going to do is they're going to say, well, we had really terrible numbers on our MacBook sales that have been declining significantly over the last couple of years. And that's why we did this refresh. So use it as a, as a cork stopper for the bleed. Well, I didn't get to watch the event. I, I missed it. So I have to assume they announced a touchscreen for their MacBooks. <laughs> oh, yeah. you wish. So, yes, you know what they call that, right? What? An iPad. I mean, that's what it is. You take an iPad, you put it on a on a stand with a little keyboard, and you got a laptop with the touch. Yeah, I, okay, I guess. So, and by the way, so anybody, I'm, I, I'm guessing the answer to the real question is no, they didn't. No, they did not. Of course, they're they the didn't. only company currently out there selling laptops that, that do not have touch, a yeah, touch screen. Touch, right, exactly. You can touch the screen; it just won't do anything. <laughs> right. And by the way, for those of you that have Apple devices, some little th something I'll tell you what to do. Plug it in like you would be charging it. Turn it on its side and leave it alone and watch what happens. It, come, it becomes a really cool uh, nighttime clock that you can, it's like an, uh, a digital clock that you can put on its side and, and, and use as like your alarm clock. So turn it on its side, plug it in. I'll put it on its, on its charging stand. A Macintosh? No, your Apple iPhone. Oh. You put your iPhone horizontal, plugged yeah. in, just leave it alone, and then let it go off, and then maybe touch the screen and see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, what else no, do we I have? can't do that. Nope. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Biden, I don't have an iPhone. I understand. We all understand. We're all know, I haven't used a <laughs> cell phone or a cellular phone since December of last year. I'm going the whole year without using one. What are you talking about? I call you on a cell phone. No, you don't. When's the last time you called me? On the, I text you. I you? text you. Yeah, you text me on Google Voice. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. And how does, oh, I see what you mean. And then you go online and you look at the text from there. Yeah. Hmm. And this is because. Well, first of all, it began with, why am I paying this? I don't use the phone that much. Why am I paying 30 or 40 or 50 bucks a month? It's like $600 a year. It's a waste of money, A. Uh, B. The uh, it turns out that I don't need I don't like having these phones around on the car in particular because they, they, you tend to fall back on navigation tools, which I'd rather I can navigate. I know how to get from point A to point B. And I notice everybody around me has got these phones telling them they've been in the neighborhood for 25 years and they're letting <laughs> the phone tell them to take a left and a right. I find it to be somewhat disgusting. I have a wife. And, Listen, I have a wife for directions, okay? <laughs> She's always told me. And I don't like taking phone calls all day while I'm out and about. All right. So, okay. Uh, okay. You, what about for emergencies? What sort of emergency? I'm not a doctor. So I'm not getting called because some one of my patients has had a, you know, has a ruptured something you you no. you're on the side of the road broken down yeah i just wave somebody else will call it in wave a good samaritan hopefully and borrow their phone 
All right. I've done that. And by the way, your $50 a month, your $600 a year covers me for two months of my cell phone bill. Wow. Yeah, because I have anyone who ever either thought they were a relative of mine or is a relative of mine somehow on my plan. I don't even well, know. I'm glad this, you enjoy it. I don't know how this goes. I have no idea. I even had somebody named Michael on my Amazon account the other day. I'm like, who's Michael? I don't even understand who's Michael. And somebody's buying HBO Max on my for $15.99 a month on my Amazon account. I called up Amazon. I'm like, who, who, who authorized this? I have that on my regular cable plan. I don't need HBO Max. They're like, I don't know. We'll take it off for you. I'm like, uh-huh. Got me a little weirded out, by the way. Watch your Amazon bill. Oh, they're always trying to nick you with something or other. Yep. Uh, keeping on with the market, Biden is uh, he, he, a big AI executive order. Big fluff, no no content, and of course. Strikes uh, just about over in the car country. Big cost to them. And uh, we have a data deluge we talked about. Expect investors to be on edge. Oil prediction. The World Bank is out with a big prediction. A well-known prognosticator for oil prices. Yeah, the World Bank. Exactly. Exactly. They said, in the worst-case scenario, if the world widens, it could result in increased food prices worldwide. I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess your shawarma prices are going up? Your falafel and your pita prices? Yeah, that's another approach to trying to get you to eat bugs. Oh, uh, oh boy. Okay. Seriously? What else could it be? I, I don't know. Have you ever eaten bugs, by the way? Have we ever talked about I'm this? I'm not a big bug eater, but my daughter, she'll gobble down any bugs that are produced to be eaten. She'll have like a bug patty? No, she's never done that, but she'll eat it. Like if you have a box of, of dried crickets, she'll eat one. Mm. Mm. I've actually had crickets in uh, Vietnam. And they yeah, taste like... Just, Vietnam. I, did, I passed on the crickets. Yeah, I had the crickets. We, had, we bought a whole bag. And everybody was laughing at me as I was eating them because I guess I didn't crack the certain legs off. So if you don't do that. <laughs> so you had legs coming out of your mouth. Yeah, my mouth, they get caught in your throat. But they, they taste like, stuck in your, like in Doritos. Your intestines. <laughs> if, uh, so they said if there's no expansion of the war, if there's just no expansion, like it stays, I guess, I don't know, at this level, whatever the heck is going on right now, um, oil will average $81 next year. That's their prediction. If there's a medium disruption, which I guess, guess that means that maybe one of the countries pulled into it, maybe two, maybe. Yeah, like us bombing Iran, you think? Or or yeah, or yeah, Lebanon uh, is getting involved, possibly. And, of course, uh, not to mention Syria, but saying that we're doing Syria because it's for Iran, that whole thing. Um, somehow we're, we're, we're bombing Syria because it's Iran. You've heard this whole thing, right? Yeah, I've heard it. So, um but they said that if that's the case, well, prices will be up about 35%. And if there's a large disruption, which I'm not exactly sure what that encompasses, maybe everybody in the Middle East and then flaring out even further to, I don't know, Europe and maybe Africa and that area, the connecting areas or the close close areas, um, prices could go up 50 to 75%. They're predicting somewhere about $157 per barrel. No, brother. If things get out of hand. Yeah. When when was it? When has it ever reached that price? Didn't it reach? What was the highest ever? What was the highest ever? Uh, it's a good question, but it wasn't that. What was highest? It was the highest prediction ever. ever. A, <laughs> well, no, I think Goldman had like two hundred, didn't they? Yeah, they had two hundred once. I think it was like one. That was a good one. One forty-seven hundred forty-seven dollars and twenty-seven cents. Yeah. When was that? July of two thousand eight. Oh, during the uh, the little okay. Yeah, that was know. during that time when we were debunking the whole damn thing. Remember? It was the time of the of the of the mini collapse. Yep, and that was peak oil. Peak oil. That was the thesis back then. We're running out of oil. There's no oil left in the ground. Every dinosaur has been squished and squashed. Created the oil, and we've sucked it all out. And that's that. Never thinking there could be alternatives, or maybe they were wrong. <laughs> Very wrong about that. Seems like they were wrong. Very wrong. All right, uh, markets from a technical view. I, I I found a chart today. I was looking at and I and I and I envisioned it just was plain as the plain as day what I was looking at, and this was the uh, down channel. You could see this is a downward sloping market trend channel 
That's that, a channel if I've ever seen one. Yep. Copy image link. We'll put this over here. We'll put this over here. Uh, there. Should go to the chat room. It's in the chat room. You'll see also all of these on uh, DH Unplugged number 675. You can go over to dhunplugged.com. While you're there, you can be donating as well for all these nice graphics. If nothing else, there's nice colors on this chart. Don't you think, John? Very pretty. <laughs> Halloween colors. It is. And I used a little bit of that teal in there just to give it a little flair. But notice, really, this is without trying to manipulate or do anything strange. You can just draw these lines very simply, and you see one, two, three very clear lower lows, but bounces off those lower lows. You can see that. Yeah, and you can see down. one, maybe one from the starting one. One, two, three. I'll go four upper channel touches and rollovers. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just like a classic. Yeah, so that's that that's that's really well defined. And in in a in a in a relatively wide range too. So this is something to watch because if it breaks, I mean the point is here, what well, what does this all mean? Well, if you do break your channel, your lower low trend line that's drawn, and if you track that and you're looking at that right now, you can see if you break that. Well, that's a real negative sign for markets. The rollover is a real problem. So, so far, this has been supportive action for whatever the reason. It doesn't matter. But along this, you know, whether somebody drew this line and is saying, okay, every time it hits, we're going to buy. Or it's That's just, what generally happens. Or, or coincidence somehow. Or there's another reason why these lines mathematically make sense. Whatever it is, the fact is it's occurring. And when it doesn't occur anymore, and three touches is usually the magic number to fail. So we touch three times. The next rollover may be like, oh, the hell with this, and just throw out, throw it, throw in the towel. Yeah, generally. Now back it's to not our, high enough that it could collapse. It's not bad. Yep, yeah, you're you're right. So our data deluge. Let's talk about that. What's happening this week? So. On, in, in no particular order, we got the ISM on Friday. We got the services index. Expected to be about 53. 53 was the last. One of the things we've noticed is the ISM services index is the what you want to do versus what you want to buy, you know, what you need. So so that's how I differentiate this. You got yeah. the, what you want versus what you need. What you need is, you know, things like food and, uh, you know, things that are produced and manufactured. What you want is to go out to play and all that and drink and have a good time. It's kind of the, the fun versus the, the, the not so much fun things. So um, services have been pretty good. People are like, you know, pretty happy and confident and they, they're, they're buying things. Uh, the ISM manufacturing, on the other hand, is in contraction and expected to stay in contraction. So that's in recession mode. When you combine both those together, you're still in an, in a, an expansion mode when you look at the two. So that's good news, generally speaking. The employment report on Friday is expected to show 160,000 new jobs added and steady employment uh, number, the unemployment number, 3.8%. Now, whether or not we believe that's another story, but that's what the official number coming out is going to be. Well, as long as there's a lot of fentanyl on the street, that'll stay that steady. Why is that? Most people are the job market. They're not ah. going anywhere, and they're not yes. being counted. Yes, not being counted. Correct. They're out there living on the streets of San Fran and uh, elsewhere. Yep. Uh, FOMC rate decision. I think there's going to be a pause or a pass or nothing happening. But I would expect, especially with the war, they're going to focus in on some of the outside and extraneous risks. Sometimes. Uh, uh, that, that could pose a problem yeah. to global markets. Yeah, I, I expect a stern lecture. Saying what? Saying, hey, we have to uh, be careful. There's a war. So do you think that's going to be more dovish than he's been? That's a good question because this war, I, you know, they're going to look at these numbers as money that's being wasted. Uh, he's got to say something about it. I mean, in, in a way, the a wartime, as crazy as it sounds, a wartime environment often. I know, it, says it helps the economy. Helps the economy. 
Yeah, it does, generally. I know we don't want to think But that. not forever. No. When, and once the war's over, then the economy has issues. Yeah. Always. It's an artificial, another artificial It's like the stimulus. war in Vietnam, you know, is keeping things going fine. And then the thing ended, and the 70s were a mess. Yep. You think these 70s are, are more messy than we are now in terms of global divisiveness? Having Division? been through it, yes. Mm. Well, but we're getting the there. best is yet to come. <laughs> we're definitely getting there. Things are getting a little weird out there. Let's just go with this. It's definitely getting, I don't want to go through this, but it's getting weird. It's getting getting scary. I'm glad that uh, we got that gun up and running. That's all I'm saying. Got the hollow point bullets. We're all ready to go. Whatever, <laughs> whatever, 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 whatever confronts you us. You got a turret on the top of your house? What are you I, talking about? I, I have a, a FLIR night cam. On, on the top, infrared uh, night 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 visions on the top, monitoring everything that's going on in the neighborhood with the turret. Yes, with the turret, of course. Uh, I'm kidding. All right, ganging up and yelling. Oh, there is some discussion. There's some dissension. There's several critics. One of them, Stanley Drunkenmeyer. Drunken Miller, Drunken Meyer, Drunken, Drunken somebody, Drunken guy. Drunken Miller. Drunken Miller. Yeah, Stanley, I think it's Dan, Stanley Drunken Miller. Very famous um, hedge fund guy, he is just lambasting Yellen, saying that she should have never maintained in that position as the Treasury Secretary after what she did. And what she did is with, with her time, both as Treasury Secretary and as Fed Chair. You probably want to know what she did. Yes, I'm I'm on edge. What she did she was... Went to, she went to China. She's been... Uh, Talking to people she shouldn't technically shouldn't be talking to. There's a bunch of weirdness with her. So, but what, it got anything to do with it? Nope. What she did was what she didn't do, and I'll explain yeah. that. What she didn't do was during a time with really cheap money, issue bukus of it, take go fifty year bonds at one percent, so that the government had low cost of funding and cheap money. But do maybe. 100-year bonds at 2%. Nope, not done. So what happened is they're, they're talking about how this is costing, this this misstep is costing the U.S. And that, of course, is you and me. Was this suggested by anybody? I know we never talked about it. There was 50, I remember very distinctly, there was talk about issuing 50-year bonds. Yeah. And there was also issue, I think there was talk about issuing 100-year bonds, but I think... I don't know why it didn't pass and why it didn't get done. Now, when you look back on it, there is the potential. And Steve, it was under Steve Mnuchin also this could have been done. He was Treasury Secretary during a time with very low interest rates. Yeah, the Trump guy. Yeah. You don't hear his name very much anymore now that I think about it, do you? You never hear his name. No, not at all. Yeah. He, he went back probably to being a movie producer and now was off to the sideline. But- the interesting thing about this is it, it could have actually backfired because now you issue 100-year bonds at um, 2%, and uh, those are priced very aggressively, and, and you made the banks buy those, and you think the problems in the 30 and the 20 and the 10-year bonds that the banks have of the losses are, are big, these 100-year bonds, the longer bonds, would be even worse. So it, there, I think the criticism is, I think it's, it's reasonable. Then the other part of the criticism that you can debunk is saying, well, if we did issue all that debt, what the hell would have happened with it? Well, the government would have used it. And we know how good the government is at utilizing funds <laughs> and the efficiency with that, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Top drawer. <laughs> so... So I don't know. I can go back and forth about this. I think that there's there's a lot of other potential things that it could have gone wrong. Tomorrow morning uh, at 9 a.m., I think it is, he's going to be interviewed on CNBC. Mm. So that's should something. Interesting. Yep. Should be fun. Yep. Um, the Apple update, we talked about this. They're coming out with the new M3, M3 Pro, and M3 Max. Now, I'm waiting for the M3 Plus, by the way. That will be... The biggest yeah. one, because that's all people can think about is is Pro Max. And yeah, what, 
So what's the performance uh, increase with the M3? There, there it's supposed is, to be a... Let's see, M3... It's supposed to, it's supposed to keep these other competitors from coming into the market, so, which includes, I think, NVIDIA. Let's see. 80, up to 80-something 80 faster than M1. They're 80-something. 80, 80 times faster? Which, compared to the M2, what, what percentage better is it? Over the M2? Oh, you want over M2? Uh over yeah, that would be the comparison. Let's see what this says. Uh 10%. What? Yeah, that's what it says. The 16 10%, inch, what's the point? The 16-inch M3 Pro and M2 Pro chips offer 12 CPU cores, but the M2 is actually uh offers one extra GPU core over the M3 Pro. So the M2 Pro gets one more GPU core over the M3 Pro. Still, yeah. Apple claims it's 10% faster than the M2 Pro's GPU. Oh, that's why. And 40% faster than the M1's GPU. The new M3 also supports the GPU improvements. What's, what's a GPU? You're only you're only talking about the GPU. What about the uh, the rest of the chip? 25 billion transistors. Wow. Isn't that ridiculous? 25 billion trans, which is- When I was a kid- <laughs> You had one transistor. We used to buy a transistor radio <laughs> that had three transistors that worked. How much faster? Okay, here. Now you need, what, a billion transistors to get a radio signal? Yeah. I'm not, you know, understanding quite the reason for all these transistors, but okay. I, I don't know what this is. I'd have to look this up. This is pretty deep to get into this crap. Yeah, I'll look at it some other time. I'd like to know what it is. Can you let me know when you find out, please? Uh, okay. Not a control. M3 Max chip offers more than other processors. The M3 features a 16-core CPU and up to 40-core GPU. GPU performance is 80 times faster than the M1. Apple doesn't provide a direct comparison. Oh, Apple does not provide a direct comparison between the M2 and M3. Ah, oh, there you have it. There's your answer. They say it's, oh, no, it's back to M1 again. No. No, 10, no, 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 I don't know. There's just some main differences if you want to do it deeper. They're dancing know. is what it is. Yeah, They're dancing. So. so I think the difference is that they put the number three on it. <laughs> that looks like what happened here. But they also raised the prices. The 14-inch MacBook Pro with the M3 um, is going to be fifteen ninety nine. Oh, the MacBook Pro. Is that the one with the touch screen? No, that one's... No, I think that's the 16-inch. Oh, no, 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 not either one either. No. The 14 and 16-inch Max Pro with the M3 Max. Oh, $15.99 and no touch screen. And it, and it, oh, but it does deliver performance and capabilities that push the limits of computing. So it pushes them. The pushes it, the limits pushes of the limits. computing. It does. Wow. Yep. Um, Apple also cut the price. Here's something also interesting. Of the entry-level 14-inch MacBook Pro from Nineteen ninety nine to fifteen ninety five, but it gets a less powerful M three chip instead of the Pro level, and that also let me look does not have touchscreen. Um, How about that? Yep, um, and then, again, this is three days before earnings, so something to look at. Very quickly, we talked about real estate, Florida real estate. Remember, we talked about this whole issue that I had a concern about the cost factors and all that about the insurance and the homeowners associations. Yeah. Florida real estate, always a topic of conversation is. throughout history. Yes. Uh, and this is not the Florida swamps, but it may be. Um, might as well be. It might as well be. Due to <laughs> due to the certain, that building that collapsed and imploded upon itself. Oh, imploded, that building. That was that big. thing is going to be a nightmare for the next 50 years. Nightmare. That one building has cost so much money. I just got a renewal of my office insurance, and it more than doubled for no reason. Not For no o- reason. Well, not only did the and is I, it a ten story building or is it a big tall structure? What does your office look like? It's a four, it's a four like? story building. With yeah, and you're you one, have all four stories? No, I don't. But we have the the we're on the um, second floor, and there's but the problem is that we even had no windstorm coverage. Zero. Why? Because they, they won't give, give it, it to, to you. Us. They would give it to us. So they're charging me for this. In California, after the after the San Andreas earthquake, they pulled earthquake insurance out of California. And of course, in the the way this works, 
So there was no earthquake insurance out in California and there was no, you know, then you go 35, 40 years, there's no earthquakes. Mm -hmm. And so there's no earthquake. So nobody was dropped, you know, so there's all this free money was didn't happen because they would have just cleaned up on it. And so they said, well, since there's no earthquakes, let's uh, let's reintroduce the earthquake insurance. And naturally, what happened? Well, there should be a whopper coming. Yeah, it should be, of course, of course. So now they're talking about people in, in, in Florida losing their homes, foreclosures are increasing. It says that it looks like there's going to be so many people unable to live in their homes. This is really going to be a crisis in our state. Now, for decades, condo associations did not put aside uh, enough money. So when, when you're in a condo, when you're in a townhouse and you have an HOA or a condo association, you should be putting money into reserves for a future date, you know, something to happen. Yeah, you should have, it should be like an insurance policy. Right, a sinking fund, something like that. Now, what they do is- a Sink, yeah, sink fund. So, so what they do is every every year they come out with the vote, you know, here's what your cost for your monthly is without reserves. Here's what it is with reserves. Here's what it is with reserves at 50%. So you, let's just I'm picking a number. It's $1,000 without the reserves. It's $1,400 with a full reserve. It's $1,250 with 50% of the reserves. What do you box do you think everybody checks? No reserves. No reserves. Why should I pay reserves? Nobody paid it in the past. So what's right. happening now is that all these requirements are being made on these. What are they doing with all the money even without the reserves? They, they, there's not enough money. The costs have escalated over the years to a point that every year there's a, well, not for every association, but many of them. I know somebody that's got a $300,000 assessment. On their HOA. What? Yeah, there's there's all sorts of code violations and issues with some of these new laws that are going to place. So what's happening is that now they're going to try to make the condos and the homeowners association require to have reserves built into the annual HOA. So now you got the massive cost for fixing up the properties due to the 40-year is a 40-year inspection and program that has to go into place because of this condo that fell down. Then you got the insurance that is out of control. And then you have now a, a mandatory reserve function going on. People are not going to be able to afford these houses. Seriously, I'm not kidding about this either. This isn't like a little issue. There's no way people are going to be able to afford this unless they have a lot of money. The average person living in a townhouse in Florida that maybe is worth $200,000 can't come up with $2,000 a month for HOA fees. No, I can see that. It's ridiculous. Too much money. Too much money. Going to Washington for a minute. Uh, we're not going to go through all this. You can go over to the show notes. There's all this listing on there of the executive order that President Joe Biden unveiled. Um, by the way, did you watch 60 Minutes? Because I think Vice President Harris was on 60 Minutes this weekend. Oh, I missed it. I have to go back and watch I it. I got to watch that because yeah. I need artificial intelligence to just maybe bleep out the laughing. That would be so helpful. <laughs> I wish I could do that. That laugh is hilarious. <laughs> and how she does it with that weird, like, smug face. She does it weirdly. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a marijuana laugh. Oh, okay. I can see that. I can see that. Um, anyway, all these different things about AI and creating a new safety and security standards and protecting consumer privacy, advancing equity and civil rights. I don't know how that gets in there, but somehow that got in there. Uh, supporting workers, uh, protecting consumers, all that good stuff is in there. So take a look at that. Um Got another follow-up. Remember we talked about Siemens? They were one of the biggest, they're an energy company and a major company in Germany. Yeah. Well, Siemens, uh, it looks like their wind turbine costs have gotten out of control and some of the other parts of their businesses are including um, services for gas turbines and uh, the gas and power division. The company's looking for $16 billion of guarantees from the German government now. But but please note this is not a bailout. It's well, if that's not a bailout, nope. I don't know what is. They need to, they need they need that guarantee to help realize the pipeline and major projects that they're running and building all this different things. But it's not a, it's not a bailout. Nope. So so I think 
When well, I, when they're I, doing something wrong. That should be a business that's booming. Right, but this is the alternative energy business. It's, it's It seems to be, it seems to a have scam? become. Well, maybe, but even if it wasn't a scam, even if there is the ability to, I don't know, capture energy by wind and solar and all that, you would think that it shouldn't be costing so much money and so much losses. Something's wrong. Well, maybe it is a scam. That's the point. But something's not right. Maybe something It's just not right. It's bad. Terrible. Uh, we got some earnings. McDonald's. McDonald's third quarter earnings and revenues beat Wall Street estimates. Said that the uh, same store sales on a global basis grew 8.8% in the quarter, beating the estimate of 7.8%. I don't get it. Well, I'll tell you why it is in a moment. It's very easy to get. Um, same store sales increased 8.1% in the U.S., fueled by strategic price increases. So they increased their menu prices. That's what they did. The sales. The prices at McDonald's are too high for the quality of the food. Quali- it's just that simple. Quality and food does not go in the same sentence with McDonald's. It's tasty, but it's just because it's so bad. Uh, it's, you know, I, like I said, I go to McDonald's about once a quarter, maybe, well, it's getting to be about twice a year now, uh, to check out certain products. And it's, it's I some of the worst food I've had from them. When I was a kid, we used to get the 15-cent hamburgers. And they were much better then than they are now. Their, their quality of their product was a lot better when Ray or Roy Kroc was running the company. Well, now it's just a gigantic profit machine, which it always has been. But, you know, it's, it's a whole different animal right now. So basically. The French fries aren't that good because they don't make them the way they used to. No, they make them because um, they're better for you now. Well, they're not. I don't know how French fries can be better for you under any circumstances, but okay. The oil. Uh, the oil. They don't have the nice quality to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's just beyond me. Gonna bring the back bread the has got too much. Of, it's got like a lot of wood pulp in it. So it's kind of like eating, you know, a sandwich made out of wood. Got to bring back the McRib. That's what they got to do. Well, they can, they bring it back in and out. Yeah, it'll be back. The, the, the point of this is, though, that really the pricing power was the, the biggest issue here. And they, if, if, you, if you look at everything about what's gone on, really, it's, it's all about the fact they increase prices. That's not something they can sustain forever. No, you can't keep raising your prices. Right, right now, I mean, I should take a picture of the signage. That you look at the prices, oh, my God, what, why? Because there are local hamburger places that produce very high-quality burgers. They're not cheap either. But the quality is way above this quality, and they're not that much more expensive. Mm-hmm. And they probably do it on an open grill. And then you can go to the In-N-Out Burger, which has a fairly inexpensive product that is high quality. And the secret menu, let's not forget about it. Yes. Well, a lot of these places have a secret menu. Secret menu. Uh, Caterpillar earnings came out. They beat by 72 cents, beat on revenues. sees quarter four sales higher than a year ago, period. Reports quarter three earnings of five fifty-two a share, excluding non-recurring items, which was much better than the four eighty expectation. Revenues rose twelve and a half percent per for the year over year to sixteen point eight billion versus sixteen point five seven consensus. Adjusted operating margin was twenty percent, twenty point eight, which is far more than the sixteen point five for the third quarter of two thousand twenty-two. So their their profit margin rose, their revenues rose, their earnings beat. Their earnings rose, and everything is just great. Just an earning and operating profit. On the other hand, and and the margin in the fourth quarter is expected to be lower than the third quarter of 23. And full year 23 adjusted operating margin expected to be slightly above the target range relative cons- uh, to the car- relative to the corresponding expectation of, of level of sales. Now, this came out, and they were hitting on all cylinders. It was all good. Wow, what a great comeback. The manufacturing thing is here to stay. You know what? We got great things happening. The infrastructure bill by the Biden administration is really pushing, you know, the the the, the shovel ready. You know, the, all this stuff is being talked about, right? I hear all this very early this morning. And um, 
By the way, this morning I said, you know, I'm not going to play pickleball today because I played the last few days. Today's my day of rest. But I heard this conversation and I saw the numbers. I'm like, ah, and the price of the um, the stock was up like 5% pre-markets and all this stuff. And I'm looking at this saying, you know, they're really cutting their numbers here. It looks like it's going to be shy. I got so disgusted, I went and played pickleball. But that's another story. But then the stock was down 5.5% by the end of the day. Mm. So, you know, they're reading the headlines, which is what they want you to do. And all these schmuckalucks on CNBC are on there talking about how this is so great. It is a good number. It does look good on the surface. But the outlook is much more sanguine. Zillow. Interesting. You know Zillow, that company, right? Oh, yeah, Zillow. I always use them to look up, uh, look stuff up. But you're not going to go and actively buy through them. You'll look at something. If you if you happen to want to buy or sell, you comparison shop, you do your yeah, thing. Yeah, that's then you... one of the best sources. It's and really what, what do you pay Zillow, by the way? I don't pay them anything. Correct. So stock went from uh, really a hero to a zero. Now they're quitting the home flipping business. Remember they were... I thought they already quit the home well, flipping I, business. Well, I, I think they were I think they were getting out of it and they weren't doing... Now they're just getting the hell out. They said that its algorithmic model to buy and sell homes rapidly doesn't work as planned. Oh, <laughs> shocker. <laughs> so let me get this straight. I'm going to go into a business where I'm going to set the price on houses in the neighborhood... I'm going to drive up those prices by buying the houses at a certain price that I decide. I'm going to then look at the pricing and averages of that neighborhood and say, oh, look at that. That's the There's the average right there. That's what the house is going for of what I pumped them to be, right? And then all of a sudden, you realize it doesn't work. That maybe I was – they were cornering the market in, in, in neighborhoods. Yeah. And, and screwing themselves. They're <laughs> screwing themselves is what they did. Idiots. It reminds me of who's the guy who tried to corner the market on silver. Silver, and, yeah. It, was a, it wasn't a Coke, Coke Brothers? Oh, no, it wasn't that. It was, no, it wasn't. No, it was, uh, uh, oh, man, what's the guy's name? Is uh, One of the brothers owned the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't remember their names. Uh, Hunt Brothers. Hunt, yeah. Bunker Hunt, yep. to be specific. Mm -hmm. He now, got it going up there, and he then did. he... But then there's only so much going. you can do, like, right? So many, so many times. At you get some point, you can't. You realize you can't corner the market. Mm -hmm. Now, more on real estate in Kansas City. We talked about this, and here is the result: the a Kansas City Kansas City jury finds National Association of Realtors, the NAR, and other housing agencies guilty of collusion to inflate commission rates, according to the Housing Wire. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds of millions of dollars are going to have to be paid back. Uh, good luck. Two more pieces here. Uh, uranium. Seems that nukes are coming back, at least the idea. Hedge yeah, funds, hedge funds are buying uranium stuff. play was sitting right in front of us for a couple of years. Sitting right there. It looks like it's going to be on a breakout, so I'm going to use one of these ideas for the— for, for, Yeah, probably for, a good idea. Yeah, so several hedge fund managers have started ratcheting up their exposure. By the way, ratchet— Ratcheting is not like for those of you younger than the age of 30, doesn't mean it's like a st smelly, stinking, disgusting thing. The word ratchet means grotesque in their language. In our it language, it means a ratchet wrench or at least uh, moving up or down like on a stair, stair step ma ma uh, manner, right? A ratchet. Well, I always thought it had to do with changing the tire of a car. Ratchet? Yeah, yeah, there's a little. Thing you ratchet oh, yeah. up the car, ratchet, yeah, you ratchet up, yeah, yeah, that exactly. So, um, several head fund managers have started adding to their exposure and really boosting their exposure to uranium stocks as they bet on significant price gains. I think that's a good idea, yeah. There's a lot of different reasons why. One of them may be the reality and the, the if we can get some, this isn't going to happen, I don't even know why I'm thinking this, but clear headed politicians. That's, yeah, uh, that's, that's you're you're making an error in judgment I'm going, right there. I'm going I'm going the wrong way down a one way street here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so if we do have some kind of I don't know pressure on the fact that maybe we should be building something that has higher efficiency, lower cost, long term, and great benefits to 
the atmosphere and all this good stuff, looking at companies like Cameco, Energy Fuels, your UR Energy, Next Gen, I have a pick in a, in a couple of minutes for our weekly stock picks idea game that we play. Good. Yep. Last thing on my list, uh, on this list here, is Ford. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Did you see that stock this week? Yeah. It's, Bombs away. Doesn't it doesn't got to... I mean, if you loved it at 20, you got to love it at 9. Yeah. In fact, yes. Right? It would be even nicer at 4.5. I don't know. I mean, obviously, the... I mean, the strikes hurt, right? I mean, we can't say it doesn't. Yeah, they got to have to rejigger their whole way of doing things. So the strikes hurt. Car sales should be doing well still. You know, they yes, had, because of the right, just, right, it should be the backlog and all the stuff that's going on. You would think that supposedly be, you'd, you'd think that, and then you would think that the new generation of of EVs and all that they're doing there and just everything, everything. But no, stock was down more than 12% Friday after the company withdrew the full year forecast because, well, of course, the uncertainty, obviously, with the strikes. So that wasn't unreasonable. I mean, how do you have a forecast if you can't figure out when people are going to go back to work? I mean, that just makes sense to me. So right. I'll go there. Um, but the automaker reported um, a higher-than-expected $1.33 billion loss in earnings before interest in taxes, in its EV unit in the third quarter, up from $1.08 billion. Now, you would think that a company that has the basic fundamental ability <laughs> to build a car. the car, A car company historically famous goes right to the early days of making cars, you'd think. You'd think that the... The, the the company that created the assembly line, right? Wasn't that Henry Ford? Invented the, the car assembly line. <laughs> invented it, right? I mean, they- Yeah, they invented it. You would think that if they had the ability to create the chassis on a internal combustion engine and then do all the things that are necessary to screw in the doors and put the tires on. I mean, a car, if you look at a car- without knowing if it's an electric or it's an uh, com, uh, internal combustion engine, you would know whether or not it was electric or not, right? Exactly. So you would think, again, I don't know, maybe I'm going down the wrong road again. You would think that this company that had the technology, because they you know, figured this out somewhat, maybe it's not the best technology, but even if they put Duracell batteries in the goddamn car, okay? You would think that they could put these things and push them off in a reasonably efficient manner. Well, and let's add one other little element to the variables, which is the fact that supposedly that takes less workers to make the electric car. Right, because it's just the battery pack, the trans it's a much smoother transaction, direct, uh, not transaction, uh, transmission, whatever the hell yeah. it is, direct. No, it's, to, it's, right? not even, it's just direct drive. I, 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 it, 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 there's no gas tank? There's no hookups of that, no exhaust. So, you don't have to put pollution control devices no on. No pollution it. control device. I mean, the whole thing is absurd. I, I it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. So, what this means, if you calculate this, is that Ford took an operating loss of nearly thirty-seven thousand dollars on every EV it sold last quarter. That's astonishing. The company has a full forecast a full-year loss for the Model E unit of $4.5 billion. What the hell? First of all, uh, uh, Ford, please stop making those cars. <laughs> I mean. They made the announcement they're going all in. Going all in, they, but they're losing 4.5. Can you imagine? What, what is it going to be if they really go all in? <laughs> That'll be the end of them. And I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I really don't. It makes so little sense to me that they're losing so much money. On uh, it, it, it's now. If you want to say that, oh, they're reinvesting the, but that is, you know, if if they were to say something like, you know, listen, we're selling some cars, we're getting this thing rocking, and we're reinvesting into the development 
of better battery technology and uh, maybe a disposal and disposition of the spent battery units and making sure that the car itself is um, you know optimized. And it's going to cost us for a couple of years, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like this blunder after blunder after blunder and, and losses that are just sickening. No wonder why it's down so badly. Well, I can see you complaining because uh, I've kind of jumped a gun and gone to the DH Unplug Weekly stocks. Oh. <sighs> so hit the button. Let me look there. Okay, here we go. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. You were saying we are. You were saying, yeah, your Ford, which is in the in the right in the middle of a bunch of shorts that are all up. I might add, including Beyond Meats, which is up fifty four percent. Your your long Ford, which you did in uh, August second, looks like uh, you were buying at the ridiculously low price of thirteen, and you got kicked off the, the game. Bargain, the bargain basement price of thirteen dollars. The bargain basement price at thirteen bucks, and the game kicked you off because it's now down to eleven. No, I got kicked off. No, no, no. I would like to be clear. I got kicked off at eleven. It's now nine seventy five. Oh, it's nice. <laughs> well, you didn't get killed. Oh. Well, I think now's the time to think about jumping on. Yeah, nine, jumping on. How much worse can it get? How much worse can it get? Four fifty, like I said. <laughs> What's the all-time lowest price Ford was at? That that's could be it. Uh, let's look at this. I mean, I got an all. Let's yes, see. take a look. So it was historically low because I think in the 70s. There you go. Two thousand nine. It was dollar eighty-seven. Dollar eighty-seven. So it says July, January thirtieth. I mean, I'm just going. I got a dollar eighty. Dollar fifty-eight. Wait, dollar fifty-eight. February twentieth, two thousand nine. Dollar fifty-eight. And you can go back here. Uh, yeah, I'm going back to, okay. Well, what did I say? Dollar what? Dollar 58, right? Dollar 58. I'm going back now even further. $2.03 on, wait, wait, on, wait, $2.03, April 19th, 1984. It, it, that was even lower. So th these prices are like from the, where it is now. It was thirteen dollars and ninety five. It was. So what's the all time high for Ford then? I have somewhere around, we'll call it thirty two in nineteen ninety nine. Thirty two, nineteen ninety nine, March. Okay, so 20th. so nine bucks is is still high. So I was thinking, well, maybe it'd be a good one to play. But now still I high. listen to that. This little spiel, no way. I have some people that I know that are that are former. Ford employees, upper management, telling me that they're, I've always complained about the pensions and all the obligations they have for benefits, telling me that their benefits and pensions are, are forward paid off. You know, they're, they're funded. They're funded, the pension liabilities. But Oh, well, that's good. But something's not right here. Yeah, I worked for Ford. You did? Yeah, one summer I worked for Ford. I ended up, uh, I didn't work for long because I ended up catching mononucleosis and I went on uh, disability. Oh. Which... Ford had to pay for. See? And See? they put me down as never hire again. <laughs> I think it's illegal, to be honest about it. You should go back to Ford and apply for a job. And then we don't hire you, sue them. <sighs> yeah, that's a thought. You can get a good attorney. Anyway, uh, I thought it was a decent company to work for. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't terrible by any means. It, it seemed to be, you know, running a good operation. I don't know what... <clears throat> They got some issues here with these prices. Mm -hmm. If it gets down to five, maybe I'll jump on. All right. 
Well, I have one pick for this week. I mean, you can take a look at all these 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 names, of course, over on the uh, stock pick sheet that we have. <clears throat> There's a link to that over on DH Unplugged, along with the donation link button. Yeah, we, we can use a few donations. Into We're the end of the year. Falling behind. Yeah, into the end of the year, we could definitely use your help. So if you're listening, there's a lot of listeners, we know that, and a lot of you do help out, but we definitely could use those of you, you know I'm talking, you, you're saying, oh, me, yes, you, who haven't uh, really participated in the in the, in, in the in the giving campaign uh, to help out. Anyway, I have one pick this week, URA, it's the Global X Uranium ETF, and what that is is a culmination of uranium stocks as well as the the mineral, the Uranium itself, the 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 commodity. URA sounds good. Yep. You got anything? Uh, no, I'm dead. Nope, I got nothing dead in the water. There you go. Exactly the hour point. You're dead in the water too. So there you and go. There you have it. All right. I'll see you again next week. Okay. Right, bye. bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint, I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care, no millionaire can give me the ice stack, cause I got a dollar, my last dollar bill. Horowitz Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.